All right, and welcome back to another episode of Who's Lifting Today. I'm here with Amanda Thebe. We're going to be talking about training in menopause, like what is different, what are things that you might need to watch out for. Amanda, thank you so much for being on the podcast. I'm excited to be here, Mark. It took us a while. (laughs) We figured it out. We had to do some rescheduling, but we made it work. We made it work, but I'm really excited to be here to be talking about menopause and strength training and general health awareness. And so I'm really glad you give me the opportunity to do that today. Absolutely. Now, first of all, for people who don't know you, tell us like what you're all about, like what's kind of your mission and like, you know, what do you do for work? And we can kind of go from there. I am a personal trainer and coach similar to yourself. I have been around for donkeys. Oh my goodness. Like I'm in my 30th year. I never did this as a first career. It was always like a passion project. I worked in tech, I worked in tech for IBM and companies like that. Um, then I left the UK because I'm not Canadian. Well, I actually am Canadian. I left um, the UK, moved to the US for two years, moved to Canada for 15 years, years when I became a Canadian. I went to Texas for four years and now I'm back in Canada. And so nice. because, because I've been a bit of a transient being, like, I've had to, and I've grown a family as well. I've, the fitness came back as it was one of those really flexible things that I could do and take with me. So I've done a lot of in-person training and client one-on-one and small group. And then the last four years that I was in Texas, I did a lot of fitness writing. Um, and I also wrote a book and my book was focused on, um, the well-being of women through menopause because it was an area that interested me when I got slammed with it and didn't know anything about it. <laughs> right. And so. so- yeah, absolutely. No, listen, that's great. Um, always nice to have a fellow Canadian on the podcast as well. I'm also Canadian for those who are listening. <laughs> um, so tell us like, okay, so you said you were like slammed with it, right? So like, yeah. can you share that experience? Because it sounds like you were training, you know, you, you were new to training around this time, but that like, you know, you, there was pretty drastic changes that happened to your training. Can you talk about like what those changes were? Yeah, I can. And it's really interesting, Mark, because you and I both come from a similar background. And so you know that when you do your personal training or your strength coach training, there's, um, you know, there's a generalized approach to it. But then the subspecialties and the subspecialties might be pre-post-pregnancy, rehabilitation, pelvic floor health, um, senior fitness. You know, there's a whole load of different um, specialties you can do. And I did them. And so when I went into my 40s, I felt as though I was someone who was a good advocate for women entering their 40s, who had a good idea about how to manage their health, be strong, have a good attitude and like just really balanced view about wellness mm-hmm. um and, and and i'd never heard of the word perimenopause by the way at this stage so i am 51 and at the time when i was 40 so like 11 years ago i'd never even heard the word perimenopause before when i was 42 i started to feel incredibly unwell um and it was one of those things that um i couldn't figure out what was going on. I started to struggle with vertical migraines, chronic fatigue, like, you know, like when you've trained really hard and you're like, I need to go and lie on the sofa, that type of fatigue that just wouldn't lift though for days. And it wouldn't lift even if I slept well, or if I really focused on recovery and rejuvenation and um, nutrition, like all of the things I'd learned weren't working for me. And I was like, what the hell is going on? 
Um, and I spent two years really struggling with my health, ultimately had depression as well. Mm-hmm. And I had really great support from the medical community in Canada. I mean, we have a good healthcare system here. I had neurologists, ENOS throat doctors. I had everyone looking at me, giving me loads of really expensive testing, ultimately to be inconclusive. And it was when I went to my um, annual gynecology exam, I broke down and he just said, hey, listen, these are symptoms that are really typical of perimenopause. It's not unusual. I can help you. And I went, what's perimenopause? Yeah, just... can, can, we, can we talk about that a little bit, actually? Because I would love, for those who haven't heard about it, like, just I'd love you to clarify what perimenopause is and like kind of how it affected your training. Yeah, yeah. And, and I know I am going to get to the training thing, but it was really, yeah, it, was just, it was just initially the like, what is going on? And I didn't mm-hmm. have any awareness of it. And many women don't because it's never spoken about in schools, in workplace, in just our general conversation. So menopause is the time when a woman has not had a menstrual period for 12 months. And it's almost like one day lying in the sand. The time leading up to that is called perimenopause. It literally means the time around menopause. It can start in a woman's late 30s and go right into her 50s. It can last between 8 and 10 years. And it's the time when her uh, sex hormones, estrogen, specifically fall, but in a very fluctuating manner until it becomes at this really low level progesterone and testosterone all also fall. Progesterone is more of like the slide as opposed to a roller coaster. And testosterone is more to do with aging than specifically menopause. But the fluctuation of those um, extreme highs and lows of estrogen falling can be really problematic and symptomatic for women. And because estrogen receptors are all over our body, like they exist across our blood-brain barrier, our heart, our joints, our guts, everywhere, there are a minimum of 34 symptoms. In fact, there's probably more like 50. And when a woman starts to have these symptoms, she doesn't instinctively know that they're to do with her hormones. And so that's what perimenopause is. And then after we get to menopause, the time after that, that we are then in this like low hormone state is called postmenopause or simply being menopausal and you're in that state for the rest of your life. And so women potentially are menopausal for 40 years, 50 years, right? It's crazy mm. that we don't know enough about it. And so how did that affect my training? Well, that's the ultimate, that was your original question. And honestly, it's like one of those, like one of those questions that there's no easy answer to, but here's what we know, right? So when estrogen starts to fall and fluctuate, it really impacts our energy levels. And so what happens is women continue to do what they're doing before, like maybe high cardio output or like overtraining. And the stress response that has on the body can be really detrimental. It become, it, there becomes a point where training harder is actually the worst thing a woman can do. And I'm not trying right. to say, I'm not trying to say this in a way to like, you don't need to do as much. It's just that you need to really train a bit more sensibly or intelligently and not just go, I'm just going to put on like a beach body one hour high impact cardio. Cause it, your body's literally going to go, what, what are you doing? <laughs> So, yeah, so you're talking about like, well, basically like intensity sounds like you have to be a lot more careful about that than maybe you were before, or maybe like overtraining is easier. Feel free to clarify if I'm like missing what you're saying. Yeah. And this is why, right? No, it's exactly right, Mark. And this is why. So estrogen 
impacts our response to cortisol. Cortisol is a super important hormone, as you know, and it always mm-hmm. gets a, always gets a bad rap, and it shouldn't. Yeah, it's it's, it's overrated. <laughs> like the rap is overrated. Go on. The, the rap is overrated. The hate is overrated. Mm-hmm. So we need we yeah. need we need cortisol. But what happens is when estrogen starts to fall, our response to cortisol changes and women see themselves with higher cortisol levels, right? And so what really is important in um, perimenopause, especially when those fluctuations are happening, is women have to focus on things that um, elicit the parasympathetic nervous system, things that promote calming, rejuvenation, regeneration, right? Um, and the, and the reason is, is because when we are in things like these high, um, prolonged cardio output states, think going for a 10k run, run, think about doing your one hour beach body or whatever. That ultimately has a catabolic effect on our body. And so when we're in this breakdown state, prolonged, it's really hard to recover from really hard to recover from. But what women do then is they do that. I'm not like, Name, name and trying to name and shame, but typically they do that, then probably don't nourish themselves well after that, have this low energy state and then do rinse and repeat for the next right. day, for the next day. What is, what does work though is when a, when a woman has a decent energy level, I actually want to talk about when not to train as well, but when they have a decent energy level. Yes, please, level, that'd be great. Yeah, a decent energy level. Say they're feeling eight out of 10 and they want to do the seize the day workout. Strength training is shown to be one of the best things a woman can do for two reasons. One, because it's anabolic, more anabolic in nature, as you know, right? So the, and, and even though it does have a stress response to it, the recovery is quicker. Right. And so we're not in this prolonged breakdown state like we are from extended cardio. Um, in addition to that, something else is impacted through perimenopause is muscle protein synthesis. So the ability to maintain and build lean body mass is, is, is exacerbated on top of sarcopenia, which is already like in that life phase. It's already as well. happening. Yeah. <laughs> Getting old sucks, but it doesn't have to. And so like, so. The fact that we, it's harder to, it's easier to gain weight, fat, but harder to maintain and, and build muscle should be priority when it comes to training. And so what that means is increased protein intake to support building muscle, increased strength training with some like anaerobic output. Like women shouldn't be afraid of getting the heart rate up. An anaerobic output is so great. Like that out of breath, kettlebell swing, bent over exhaustion is wonderful because the recovery is so quick, right? So would you would you recommend for those who are in perimenopause, would you recommend like a shift to more strength training and less like high intensity cardio, like just in general across the board? Yes, I would. But I, but as we know, one size doesn't fit all. Of course. So, yeah. And generally so, speaking. So if you've got someone coming to train with you, Mark, who is a distance runner and you're saying, ah, you've got to stop doing distance running because it's, it sucks for your body. It's not going to, it's not going to work. There's a couple of things I would sort of like say to that. First, it seems to calm down in postmenopause. That sort of like those extremes don't feel as extreme postmenopause, right? Okay. So that's, so that's the thing. So know that there, it doesn't have to be like that forever. Get them to focus on other things that are really productive to long distance running in this example hill training, sprints, you know, things right. things that are really great for improving run times, but don't always have to be the long, slow runs. 
do the long slow runs or the long extended cardio on those days where the energy level feels better right so okay. like be a bit more um sensible and respectful of the body but here's the thing like so through perimenopause women can have days of these extended fatigue windows that don't make any sense and that's so frustrating you know they might plan a workout and go i'm going to go to the gym tomorrow or i'm going to go and see my trainer on friday but they wake up on wednesday feeling like a bag of crap and they can barely make a cup of tea and the last thing they want to do is go and do a strength training workout. And so right. I, I think that it's really important for women to know that there are no hard and fast rules. Flexibility is so important and respecting your body is so important. And so I'm like, I try and give women like a scale of like one to 10. In those days where you're feeling like that, I would say that's like a one to three energy level. It's go out for a walk. Walking so underrated anyway. Go out yeah. for a five or 10 minute walk. You know you're going to feel better afterwards. It's now been linked to improving things like migraines and depression. Even just these small five and 10 minute walks can benefit you. So try and do something um, as much as humanly possible. On mm -hmm. the days where you've got like a moderate energy rate, then don't be looking for those like um, out of breath, like hard workouts. Sometimes just going through the motions and doing a bit of fitness snacking, I like to say, is really helpful as well because you know the the compounded effect, Mark, because you're a habit-building person, of showing up, doing something. Some All or something is definitely my mentality. Mm -hmm. and, then, and then on the days when your energy is like there, seize the day. Seize the day. <laughs> I, I yeah, walking is is super underrated. It, it's it's not very flashy, so it doesn't make a very good like content online. But it is like a really good thing to do. I want to like kind of give you an example, and you can kind of tell me like what would be different because I think I would love to compare this to like twenty five year old non perimenopause, like, and then let's say the forty five or fifty year old in perimenopause. Let's say they have the same goal, which is like to get stronger and like generally speaking in all lifts would there be significant differences in their programming? Like, is there how you would arrange it, like in terms of lifts? Or would it look kind of similar with maybe just like more focus on, even more focus on fatigue levels as opposed to was before? Honestly, not a huge amount of difference. And it's interesting because, you know, growing up in the fitness industry, it's literally surrounded by middle-aged white men they're the ones who make the rules and the, the overwhelming message i used to get is you don't need to do anything different if you're a woman you don't need to do anything different for your period you don't need to do anything different for menopause and mm. whilst the there is some truth to that there are so many nuances that it's really not okay to do these sweeping statements so yeah. a, 20, a 25 year old working out and a 45 year old working out can look very different like if you're a coach and you wanted to write a program for them the program shouldn't look that different but there are some things that you need to probably focus on differently for the 45 year old woman and it may be this first of all we know that post-menopause there's a lot of breakages of women's bones right we know that that happens one in two women will break a bone post-menopause and thinking that that can happen at the age of 50 51 it you need to be proactively doing stuff to promote bone building um, um building lean bone density right and so that's right. things like 
Um, full body exercises, lose the vanity exercises, building bicep curls is really probably great for the 25 year old who wants to look good in a bikini or whatever. But I would say go functional, full body, compounded exercises, get more bang for your buck. The 45 year old needs to have some balance work in there. So single leg unilateral stuff is really helpful because when you fall is when you break your bone. We need to prevent the falls. A right. good, a good strong core. And I mean trunk, you know, front, back, um, you know, anything that creates good functional movement from a strength base is super important too. So maybe we don't focus on that as much when we're 25, but most 45 year old women will come with either some lower back injury, maybe diastasis recti, some tight breathing. Get that whole trunk moving and strong and functional. And then, you know, don't be afraid to get them jumping because plyometric movements also can be super helpful for bone health. But you you literally don't need to have it all the way through the workout. So, sure, of course. When, yeah. So when I do my workout, I'm also cognizant of time. I try okay. and reduce the time, like maybe a 30-minute workout instead of a 45, 50-minute workout. You can get more done in that time if you program effectively that would have the big movements, the squat, the hinge, the push, the pull, some real amazing core function, some unilateral movements, single leg, like deadlifts, say, or Romanian split, split squats, things like that. And then maybe some skipping or some, you know, single leg jumps. Lose the, bur right. lose the burpees. Ah. Yeah, we cannot, we like, I, I don't recommend those for like any age group. I just feel like that to me is like wasted energy <laughs> oh, uh, God, completely. Yeah. It always makes me a little bit sad when I see those. Um, that's a really good point. And now I want to talk about perimenopause. I appreciate you being so thorough about that. Now, someone who is in postmenopause, they're in that like final stage that you're talking about. Um, are there key differences that you need to follow that are different than perimenopause? Or is it like similar rules with like maybe some slight caveats? It's very similar rules. And I think the difference between perimenopause and menopause is likely to be the energy levels and fatigue. And so I think that during perimenopause, that like real awareness about pushing too hard is really not always the best thing. Mm -hmm. And that women through perimenopause often will focus on, you know, the fact that their body is changing a lot and they will usually under eat and not nourish the body and overtrain. I think by the time they get through to postmenopause, they're so tired of all of that toxic messaging anyway, that hopefully they're, they've bought, they've got the buy-in that they need to be training intelligently, exactly the way I've just sort of explained, but nourishing that and really focusing on the protein in and around the small workout window women don't have the extended you know workout window um for the um post post workout and then um, protein consumption sorry it really sort of needs to be within that hour typically um and then um and and also just like really promoting muscle growth as well right you know like um it's one of those things that in postmenopause the stronger you are, the more resiliently you will age. It's that simple, yeah, right? Absolutely. Yeah. No, I, I, I totally agree. And I, I think this is what makes me a little bit concerned about sometimes some of the fitness messages that I see online, like even for women in their forties and fifties is like about getting your old body back. It's, yeah. it's about like, and I feel like this is something we have to like move away from is that there are so many more important things to work on. Like all the things that you mentioned are about like health and strength and like living your best life in the situation. And I feel like there's all these messages about like, well, we still need to focus on a step. It gets, it gets, um, 
unfortunately, it's not just a game for people in their 20s. Now it's like the 35-year-olds want to look 21, the 50-year-olds want to look 35, that there's still kind of this focus on like your body's changing is bad, where it's really just a part of life. And like people are going to change and people are going like your your body shape is going to alter as time goes on. This isn't like a bad thing. This is just kind of like part of life. But this is also why I've really like hyper focused on strength training, because like I want you to live your best life in however old you are. And I find that this focus on aesthetics doesn't do that. And if anything has like a lot of guilt tripping that exists, but like strength training actually does let you live your best life. And like, that's, you know, that's kind of my opinion. Feel free to agree, disagree. Let me know your thoughts on that. I can't add to that, honestly. That's exactly how I feel. And you know, it's really interesting because menopausal women listening to this, anyone 40, 60 year old, old listening to this grew up like me going to the supermarket and seeing these toxic magazines about people putting on five pounds and looking disgusting and so trying this grapefruit diet and it's ingrained in our psyche because it's all we've ever been fed we were the first recipients of this toxic diet culture and Mm. it's really hard to move away from and fighting a natural process like menopause and i completely understand that some women don't go through this in a natural way. There, there are circumstances through surgery or post-cancer that women get thrown headlong into sure. menopause. There are, but, there are but, abnormalities in this conversation, for sure. For, for sure, but the, the message is still the same. And the fact is, is that every woman, if she is lucky enough, will go through menopause. And it's what we need to do. It's not something to fight or fix or like change the narrative of. We want to go through this. It's meant to happen. And we are in a different playing field completely. Making menopausal women um, think about the journey as something that's not weak and fragile is something that I'm trying to do because there's these preconceived notions of what a menopausal woman looks like. I didn't think that I would look like this at menopause because in my mind it was an old lady syndrome, right? Mm, right. And I think many people feel like that. But knowing that menopausal women are strong, empowered, resilient is a super important message. Strength training can be part of that. And then in addition to that, there are some really cool things about strength training that can empower women through post-menopause as well. One of them being, it can reduce hot flashes, cold flashes, they're called vasomotor symptoms by up to 70%. That's nice. great. Yeah, great. That's awesome. Yeah, great. So there's, there's like knock-on benefits. It's been shown to help with depression and anxiety, two main symptoms of um, menopause. Um, and then it also does this, the most empowering thing that you touched on, and it's the strength of mind, right? When a woman can go to the gym knowing that she can lift her body weight, it changes the focus from her hyper-focusing on her weight, right? Yeah, I I think that's a very, sorry to interrupt you, but I feel like that's like a very big moment, actually. I talk a lot about deadlifting your body weight as like a realistic goal. And before you do it, I get a lot of people who are like, all right, Mark's, Mark's hyping up the strength training. Mark's like, you know, he's not, he's, you know, he just wants people to lift heavy and like, but like, this is not a realistic three month goal. And I've, I've done this like many times. And what's cool about it is that like, once you can lift your own body weight, you just realize you're so much stronger than you think you are. And then all the other health benefits that you're talking about can exist with that goal that we don't need to focus on like necessarily the weight on the scale or getting, you know, your 30 year old body back or whatever it might be that like strength training can give you all of these things. Um, and it also just kind of lets you prove yourself wrong in a very positive way, which I think is cool that like you didn't realize how strong you could be. 
Um, I had an example of a woman who, and I hope she's listening. It's uh, Sue, who she is uh, 65 years old. And like, we got her to deadlift like 210 at like, I think, yeah. And like, the, you know, that's a cool. That's it's amazing. A very, yeah, she's the best. I hope she's listening. But um, she's like, Sue, you, know, you are the best. I mean, these are the examples of women that we need to see, Mark. I absolutely, I absolutely agree. And I think like, I, I appreciate you trying to kind of change the conversation. Uh, because I think like, especially in the fitness world, like there's not, there's not as many of us as I would like there to be. Let's just say that, that they like, we're, we're it's getting better, but there it's, it's still a very aesthetic weight loss focused conversation where it's like, Hey, like we can better people's lives by making them stronger. Like whether you're in perimenopause or menopause, like you were not one, you're not too, not only are you not too old to strength train that like you should be strength training. Like strength training is not a young person's game. Like this is something that benefits you throughout life. And I, I think we need to change the narrative on that because I think a lot of people see strength training as like, you know, something to do in your twenties, like maybe your thirties, but like you, you get older, you have kids and like, maybe it's not something that you do anymore. And I really want to shift that narrative. And you, you touched on something that I've been quite loud about talking about and is that age shouldn't be a barrier, neither should fitness level or mm -hmm. experience. Like there's an entry level for anyone to do this. Um, cause the, but I understand the reticence from women. Because when you think of strength training, you think of bros in the gym, thinking of like their jock strap or whatever. Um, and I'm just like, no, there's a, there's a place for everyone to start. And it might look like bodyweight exercises for you. It could be with resistance bands. It doesn't, you don't start by lifting like a dumbbell. You don't learn to drive and pick up a Ferrari and drive down the road. There's for sure. Yeah. There's processes and steps to get there. Um, and, and then just having examples like Sue to show that this is, these are real tangible things that, um, are achievable to most women and, and they're really, really important as we age. I, I just think that, um, like I said, we've been fed this idea of thinness and youth. And then the minute that we start challenging that saying, you know what? I'm actually okay with being older. Like it's, I am right. actually, by the way, Mark, I love being this age. And I, also, I believe you. <laughs> and I also I... love going to the gym and lifting my body weight and showing people that like, this is normal. It's not like, I'm not like a, a unicorn in there. This is what we're, we mm -hmm. are amazingly strong women and, and it looks different on all of us. That's one of my other things. Shape and size doesn't matter. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Everyone's going to look different. I think that's important. Like just there isn't someone like if they have a different body, it doesn't mean they're necessarily doing anything better or worse. It's that everyone's going to look different is, you know, but we still need to focus on like strength and health as an example. What is, so someone's either in perimenopause, menopause, like let's say they're just trying to get into strength training for the first time, or it's been a while. Maybe it's been decades since they've gotten into it. Yeah. What's like the number one tip you would give to kind of like either get them into training or is there something you want to let them know about before they get started? What would your advice be? It's really interesting because what happens in perimenopause often is women, um, you've heard about like this sense of being invisible or irrelevant and stuff. And, and it's a real phenomena. And it's not just that they feel that there's a physiological response to the losing of the hormones that make women lose their mojo, lose their zest for life. And the neural, the neurological aspects of um, perimenopause and menopause aren't spoke about enough. 
but there's so many women feel like that. I felt like that myself. I was like, oh, that's it. I'll never be fit again. You know, I'll never feel the way I do about exercising. And so I think it's really important to, first of all, one, acknowledge that these are very real feelings and very normal feelings. Um, two, that exercise doesn't have to be all out hardcore every time. Exercise can right. look di different every day and you can be flexible. You don't have to stick to this rigid um, regime almost. It can be, it can be fun. And so the first indicator for a woman is that if she feels like she can do something, what's something that she can do on repeat? What's something that is exciting or fun enough that makes her want to get up and do that again? Maybe that's going back to Zumba. Maybe that's doing yoga online with your friends. It doesn't have to be strength training where you start. Eventually, I hope it gets there because when you repeat something that you like a lot, it usually piques curiosity. And that curiosity is the thing that you want to like run with. Oh, I wonder what it would be like if I actually did do that goblet squat that Mark was talking about. I've got like a 20 pound dumbbell there. Could I do 10 of them? How would that feel? Because I've been doing my, you know, my bar class for the last three months and I want to try right. something new. And so it's like, um, don't be too hard on yourself. Know that we all go through this and know that people don't wake up motivated. That's not how motivation works, <laughs> right? Yeah. You've got to keep chipping away at it. it yeah. And where, so I, listen, I really appreciate your time and expertise. I appreciate that you talk about a subject that doesn't get talked about enough and is so important and affects so many women, you yeah. know, billions of women, millions of women, who, like so many people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where can people, you know, where's the best place to find you? And is there anything that you're doing right now? If people want to learn more about like menopause or perimenopause and training, like what, you know, let us know where they can find you and kind of like what you offer. Yeah. So I'm currently not doing any training, but I've got um, things in the works. So next year, hopefully I'll have some offerings for people. I have an Instagram account, which is just my name, amanda.thebe. You can go to my website, amandathebe.com. I have a book called Menopocalypse, and it literally is, it's like your best mate's guide to menopause. And I wrote it in a way that it's very evidence-based. There's not anything in there that's simply my opinion. I've, right. reached, I've reached out with experts, but I also talk about the things that you can actively do to promote health yourself, and that's nutrition, exercise, stress management, and the psychological process of how we think as we age. And so that's essentially my jam, and I'm, I'm always swearing too much on Instagram, so trigger warning. <laughs> I'm Is very there, irreverent. Um... <laughs> It, and what I was going to ask as well is like, so your book, is it like, is that something that they can order online? Is it something that they have to go into a look at? Where, where can they find their book, your book, if they're like trying to find it or purchase it and they want to read it? I absolutely hate promoting Jeff Bezos, but yes, it's on Amazon. Or okay. <laughs> it's on Indigo if you're in, um, in Canada. And it's been in the top 10 since it came out exactly a year ago. So that's really great. And there's also a 12-week training program, which is an introduction okay. introduction to strength training. And it's, again, an all-entry level because I give modifications. And I also tell women how to pimp it up if they want to go a little bit more challenging. So Nice. Yes. So that's where you can find You guys can decide if you want to use Amazon or not. I do. I'm shamed but I do use it. Me too. Uh, Me too. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, yes. Listen, thank you so much for being on the podcast. I really appreciate your expertise and uh, hopefully we'll do this again. Yeah. Thank you so much, Mark. And uh, I just would leave by just saying to women, you're more capable than, than you think you are for sure. Awesome. 
And thanks everyone else for listening to another episode of Who's Lifting Today.